Hello, and welcome to the Life Center Podcast. We're a church in Tacoma, Washington that exists to inspire our community to love and follow Jesus. To find out more about what's going on at all of our campuses, you can download the Life Center app, interact with us on social media, or visit lifecenter.com. Let's jump into this week's message. Thanks for listening. If I haven't had the chance to meet you, my name is Tyler. And uh, man, I just want to say I love this place. So thankful to be a part of what God is doing here. Today we are going to go into part three of a series we've been journeying through on the greatest battlefield that we all engage in, which is the battlefield of our mind. And we've entitled this series, Lenses, Filters, and Lies. And that's because all of us, as we encounter the the journey that is life, we all have certain lenses that we look through, We all have certain filters that we apply to it or filters that kind of help process the way that we see life and its realities. But then there's also at times lies that get embedded in our thinking. And today we believe that scripture has some truth to help us in this area. So we're going to be looking to 2 Corinthians chapter 10 in just a moment. If you have your Bibles, you can go ahead and get ready to join me there. If you have a smartphone, open up that Life Center app. All of the notes are there. You can follow along with us in this message today. I've entitled today's message, Change the Filter. Change the Filter. Uh, filters matter. Just in case you're wondering, filters matter. Whether it's your furnace filter Come on, if you don't change your furnace filter, eventually you are going to have some dysfunction in your furnace. It's there to to help protect things, but if you don't change it, you have issues. How many know coffee filters matter? Anybody else ever made that mistake? Remember one time I made a, a cup of, or a pot of coffee rather, And I forgot to put the filter in, and man, I had a nice warm craft of coffee with all of the grounds included. (laughs) Filters matter. When it comes to our words, how many of us can recognize filters matter? You ever met somebody and it seemed like they did not have a filter It's like every thought that they had, there was no filter. Every thought they had, it simply came out of their mouth. You ever met somebody, they needed a filter, but for some reason God didn't provide them one in their words. Filters make a difference. Now, when I was growing up, my dad, he was a painting contractor, and so basically from the time I was in fourth grade, fifth grade, every Saturday, spring break, summer break, winter break, I was working with my dad painting houses. And one of the tools that we would often use was a paint sprayer, and my dad would be busy spraying a house, spraying some woodwork, spraying some walls, and every now and then, he would go from painting to the the sprayer stopping. And I remember the first time I noticed this, I said, Dad, what's going on? Did the, did the sprayer break? And he would calmly walk over and turn the sprayer off and he'd grab a couple of tools. And he would unscrew the, the head of the spray gun. And, and inside of that, he would pull out this small little circular thing called a filter. 
You see that filter, what it would do, it would catch all of the paint debris that, that resided in the, the paint bucket. And as it worked its way through the sprayer, the, the filter was designed to catch those debris so it wouldn't hinder the finished product. My dad would patiently begin to clean the debris off of the filter, but every now and then the, the filter was in such a condition that it didn't just need to be cleaned, the filter needed to be changed. You see, not only do filters matter, listen to me clearly, the condition of the filter matters. The condition of the filter. And let me be clear, a filter only works when it's used. And a filter only works well when it's cleaned or changed regularly. And so the question that I want to present to us this morning as we look into scripture, as we talk about this battlefield in our mind that we are all engaged in, here's the question. Is it time to change the filter of your thinking? Is it time to change the filter of your thinking? Because here's what I'm convinced of. There's a lot of debris in the world that we live in. And that debris is moving in and around our lives all the time. And if we aren't careful, if we're not aware, man, the filter that we see life's circumstances through gets impacted. To help us with this, I want us to look to 2 Corinthians together. In 2 Corinthians chapter 10, this is now the Apostle Paul's second letter to a church that's in a city Not too different than Tacoma. It was a port city. It was a center of trade. But not only that, because it was a a hub and a port city, there was a lot of different ideas and teachings that made its way through Corinth. One of the dynamics because of this is a lot of false teaching that Paul has to address. And so in his second letter to the church at Corinth, he he speaks about the, the centrality of the gospel once again and the implications for our lives. But one of the things that Paul has to lay out in the second letter of Corinthians is he has to give a defense of his apostleship. See, people had begun to say that Paul, he was... He was criticized as being a spiritual wimp. People were saying, oh yeah, he's he's really strong in his writings, but when you see him in person, man, the dude has nothing. And so Paul, he gives a a defense of the role that he's working in. And and Paul understands it's it's not just a defense for what people are saying, he sees it for what it is. That this false teaching is actually setting a roadblock against people walking in the truth of the gospel. So listen, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, starting in verse 3, it says this, For although we live in the flesh, can you say flesh? Now, this is a favorite term that Paul uses. Often it's referring to the sin nature as Paul will use it. In this particular instance, though, he's he's not necessarily referring just to the sin nature. He's actually referring to the limitations that we live with in our humanity. We have limitations. He says, for though we live in the flesh, listen to this, we do not wage war according to the flesh. Since the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but are what? They're powerful 
Paul is making an important truth that we need to understand today. If we are going to engage in a spiritual battle, we must use spiritual weapons. And Paul says, here's the deal. We are limited. How many of you, you've ever set out and you said, you know what, I'm going to get control of my thinking and you focus on self-discipline. And man, that works really good for the first three hours. What happens? We're limited. And what I love about this teaching here is Paul is saying, even though we live in these limited bodies, these limited realities, the weapons that God has provided us are not of the flesh. They're not limited. They are powerful, but What's the source of the power? It's not powerful because you're so amazing. It's not powerful because I'm so amazing. It's not powerful because you have the entire New Testament memorized. It says, no, that the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but are powerful, why? Through God. Through God, for the demolition of strongholds. We demolish arguments in every proud thing that is raised up against the knowledge of God. You see, here's the challenge with, with thoughts and the battlefield in our mind that we often engage in, is it's not just thoughts that are trying to discourage you, it's trying to become a roadblock to keep you from the life that God has provided. He says, and we take every thought captive to obey Christ. See, Paul recognizes it. If this false teaching gets out of hand, listen, it's going to lead us away from God. And and so we got to understand the, the resources, the weapons that God has provided. And one of those things is to learn to take those thoughts captive. But as we do, we're not just doing it in our own strength. We're not just doing it in our own ability. You see, so much of spiritual warfare, where does it start? It starts in the mind. And so we can lean into the the weak weapons of our flesh or we can lean into the strong and powerful weapons that God provides in his grace. In this spiritual combat, it, it takes place as we take captive every thought. Why? So that we can obey Christ. But I've realized something important. Maybe you can identify with this. We can't control what happens to us. Have you noticed this? Think if we've learned one thing through the journey of COVID is that the the illusion of control disappears really quickly. Yeah, here's the point today. You can't control what happens to you, but you can control how you filter it. You can't control what happens. Sometimes life throws you a left-hand turn that you did not sign up for. Sometimes challenges are in front of you. And even though we can't always control the circumstances, here's the truth of what God's word declares. We can control how we filter those things. See, today, understand, we all have a choice. And what is that? Either your thinking will control your life, or you can learn through applying the truth of God's word to your life, you can learn how to control your thinking. Today, I think the goal is pretty simple and pretty clear. What is it? Take your thoughts captive. In life, take your thoughts captive. But can we be honest for a moment? How many know it's a lot easier to say it than it is to practice it? 
Because often our minds get running, the, the fears get, get rolling, the worries, the doubts, the insecurities, the anxieties, all of those things are very real. Yet scripture reminds us, take your thoughts captive. See, here's what I love about this passage of scripture. Paul was just as human as you. Sometimes when we engage in scripture, we, we kind of put this idea on these people like they were running around with these secret capes. They're, they're kind of superheroes. They're, they're something more than human. Paul was just as human as you, just as human as me. But what I loved about Paul, even in him expressing, I live in this weakness. I live in this flesh. He teaches the church and he teaches us some important truth today. And what is that? Though he was human, he didn't depend on human resources. Though you are human, guess what? You don't have to just depend on your own human resources. But God has some powerful resources available to each and every one of us, powerful spiritual weapons provided not because we are so amazing, but because our God is so amazing. So understand, if the goal is to take our thoughts captive, the question should be asked, well, that's great, Tyler. How do we actually do that? Well, the how is this. Actively challenge and change your filter. You want to get better at taking your thoughts captive? You have to be willing to actively, not passively, but actively challenge and change the filter in your mind. You see, we all have filters that shape the way we see. What I learned a long time ago, if you change the filter, it's amazing how your feelings will change along with it. A lot of people, they, they feel a lot of things. Anybody else, you had some conversation with somebody in the last few years, and the first thing they lead with is, I just feel. And the reality is the, the feeling it's real. I'm not, I'm not minimizing your feelings today, but understand, it's amazing how feelings will change once you change the filter that you're actually seeing the circumstances through. Last week, we talked about the dynamic of neuropathways in our thinking. In other words, if you think a thought over and over again long enough, something happens in your mind. There's a rut that's created. So for example, if, if you've been processing through and you're walking through some hard stuff and, and the repeating thought in your mind has been, God, I don't know if you're very good because this doesn't feel good. Anybody ever been there? And that's your dominant thought over and over and over. Guess what you're going to feel like? That maybe, just maybe, God isn't as good as that song we just sang said. But here's the truth. When we change the filter, our feelings often change with it. Let, let me give some examples of the importance of, of changing our filter. How many of you have ever been really, really angry with someone? Anybody else? Okay, there's like 30% of honest people here today. It's awesome. Okay. We're gonna have multiple altar calls at the close, okay? Uh, We've all been angry at somebody, and isn't it amazing how those feelings of anger 
change when you begin to understand their story or their journey. What changed? It wasn't the facts that changed. It was the filter. Okay, let me give you another example. You're, you're at that stoplight. The light turns green. And that idiot in front of you, you, you are overcome by the gift of the Spirit of laying both hands on your horn. You idiot, why won't you go? You are sent by the devil to frustrate me today. You're convinced they are doing this just to drive you nuts. And then you pull around as you're getting ready to give them some sign language and you realize their car is broken down. Some of you, you've done this. You, not me, you. You see, all of a sudden, as you pull around, you realize that single mom, her, her battery died as she's at the stoplight. And there you were. You were laying on the horn. You were yelling through your glass. You were certain she was just doing it to be a jerk to you. All of a sudden, you realize, oh, her car is broken down. Now, here's what we need to understand. The fact was always that her car was broken down. What pivoted you to actually express some emotion of kindness towards her. It wasn't that the fact changed, it was that there was a shift in the filter in which you were viewing the facts. You're annoyed that your spouse isn't very affectionate with you. Until you ask and you realize that they've had a rough day. What changed? It wasn't the facts, it was the filter. You have no grace for the waitress. You're, you're frustrated. You're giving her a piece of your mind until you remember and realize, oh, yeah, she wasn't in the back making the burger, was she? You're blowing up on the college student working that part-time job until you remember he actually isn't in management, is he? Nor did he wake up with some grandmaster scheme to make your life miserable that day. What changed? The facts didn't change. What changed was this thing called the filter. The filter. Man, Tyler sure seems angry today. What's wrong with him? Or some of you today, you're going, man, Tyler seems pretty happy today. Wow. What? Filter. Filter. You see, everything changes when you change your filter. This, this is called reframing, by the way. It's reframing. It's reframing what we see and, and how we see it. And today I want to talk about three reframing truths. Number one is this. It's not just what you see, it's how you see what you see in life. It's not just what you see, it's how you see what you see. There's a great example of this in the Old Testament. In the book of Numbers, we read about the people of God, how they've been led out by Moses out of slavery, out of Egypt, and they're making this journey through the wilderness, and they're now on the border of what God had called some land that he had promised to his people. It was the promised land. And Moses, he selects 
one spy from each of the 12 tribes, and he sends them out to go survey the land, to, to understand, to create the battle plan. What, what are we up against? What does this look like? And we find ourselves in Numbers chapter 13. Look with me in verse 27. It says this, these spies, they reported to Moses, we went into the land where you sent us. Indeed, it is flowing with milk and honey, and here is some of its fruit. They had the goodness of the land and even evidence with them of the goodness of the land. But look at verse 28. However. Come on, can you say however? This is always an indicator to me when you go from looking at the goodness of God and all of a sudden you have a filter issue. God is good, however... I'm thankful for my family, however. You see, there's a a subtle shift right there. However, the people living in the land are strong and the cities are large and fortified. We also saw the descendants of Anak there who were giants. Skip down to verse 30. Then Caleb quieted the people in the presence of Moses and said, let's go up now and take possession of the land because we can certainly conquer it. Caleb understood a principle there. Caleb wasn't saying that we can do this because we are so amazing. Caleb never lost sight of the fact of the one whose strength actually mattered in the equation. It was the strength of their God. Caleb said, we can do this. Why? Because God has already promised this to us. Look at verse 31. But the men who had gone up with him responded, we can't attack the people because they are stronger than we are. So they gave a negative report to the Israelites about the land they had scouted. Listen to the difference that the filter made here. The land we passed through to explore is one that devours its inhabitants. It went from a good land flowing to milk and honey to this land will eat you up and eat you alive, devours its inhabitants, and all the people we saw were men of great size. Here's what's amazing to me. There was 12 spies sent out. All 12 saw the same obstacles and the same opportunities. All saw the same problems and the same potential and promises. What was the difference? It wasn't just what they saw. It's how they saw what they saw. Ten come back with a negative report. Two come back with a positive report. You see, for the 12 spies surveying the promised land, it wasn't the facts, it was the what? Filter. So often for us, it's not just the facts, it's the filter. Psychology, this is called cognitive bias. Cognitive bias, the definition of cognitive bias is this. It's a limitation in objective thinking that is caused by the tendency of the human brain to perceive information through a filter, listen, of personal experience and preferences. Cognitive bias. It's a mental filter. So here's some examples. You are certain that you never said that thing to that individual. I never said that. And then they play you the audio recording. 
You're certain that you, you never use that tone and then all of a sudden you see that same tone come out of your children and you're scratching your head going, where did they learn that? You're certain that that individual or that group of people, they are always rude to you. You're certain that people are intentionally, they're ignoring you, they're overlooking you, they don't care about you. You see, often it's not just what we see, it's how we see what we see. We all face this thing called cognitive bias, and we got to learn to do something important. What is that? Take those thoughts captive. Take those thoughts captive. Here's the second truth. You'll never have a positive life with a negative mind. You will never have a positive life with a negative mind. Now, we've all met negative people. Here's what's interesting about negative people. They don't think they're negative. They can see it on everybody else, but they can't see it in themselves. It's a lot like bad breath. You can't tell you have it, but everybody else around you can. You can't have a positive life. With negative thinking, there's a groundbreaking translation of scripture that just came out. It's called the New Winers Version. And I want to share with you Paul's words in Philippians chapter 1, starting in verse 12. The Apostle Paul says this, Now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me really sucks. As a result of the hell that I've been through, I'm giving up on church. And I'm not so sure about this Jesus thing. I'm just ready to die in this prison. Here's what's interesting. Does anybody have a similar internal dialogue every now and then to that? Well, maybe we don't say the words out loud. And and here's here's the truth. Let me clarify really quick. That's not actually what Paul said. We're going to read the real one in just a second. So we're like, wow, I didn't know that Paul was like that. You know, hide the sharp objects, Paul. Like, it's going to be okay. But some of us, our, our thinking spirals that way sometimes, doesn't it? We, we might not say it out loud, but the internal dialogue is there. L- listen to what Paul actually says, Philippians chapter 1, verse 12. Now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me, pause, What has happened to him? Paul has been arrested and he's in jail writing this letter. Not the most ideal circumstances. He couldn't control those circumstances, but guess what? He could control the filter that he processed those circumstances through. Listen how he does that. He says, what has happened to me has actually advanced the gospel so that it has become known throughout the whole imperial guard and to everyone else that my imprisonment is because I am in Christ. Hear me, friends. Your circumstances might not be a choice, but negativity is always a choice. If you're battling negativity, understand, you have to take that captive. Negativity is a choice. It's not a byproduct of your circumstances. It's a byproduct of the filter that you use to see those circumstances. Here's the third truth. Don't filter God through your circumstances. Filter your circumstances through the goodness of God. Oh, yes. That's right. Man, if we can learn the difference in that. 
How often do, do we apply to God what we are walking through? But in reality, it's not about applying to God what I'm walking through. It's learning what I'm walking through. I need to see that through the faithfulness and the goodness of God. Proverbs chapter 3, starting in verse 5. Many of us, we, we maybe have heard this scripture. We might be familiar with it. But it simply says this. First word, trust. Trust. I believe that when we question the goodness of God, it's nearly impossible to trust him. If you're wondering, God, are you really going to show up this time? You really going to come through? God, I, I don't know if you have enough. If you question his goodness, friends, it's going to be hard for you to get to the place that you actually trust him. But the scriptures call us to trust in the Lord with what? With all our heart. And then it says this, do not rely on your own understanding. That idea of, of relying on or, or leaning on. You see, if we understand the impact of cognitive bias, if we understand the danger of living by our feelings, if we understand all of these realities, we will be less inclined to actually lean on those things or rely on those things. Instead, Scripture calls us to what? To trust in the Lord with all of our heart. I'm not going to rely that I'm seeing things 100% accurate. How many of us can recognize today, even though you think you see it 100% accurate, it might not be 100% accurate. And so I'm going to trust in the Lord. And then it says this, in all of your ways, in all your ways. By the way, this includes the filters that I choose to view life circumstances with. In all of your ways, know him and he will make your paths straight. So many of us, we are waiting to trust until the path gets straightened out. You got to reverse the order. You got to change the filter. You got to clean the filter. Friends, is there some debris that is clouding how you see life circumstances? Today is a great day to allow the Holy Spirit to come in and clean that filter. Or some of us, we don't just need a cleaning. We need an exchange in the filter. So the question is, is it time for a filter change? Is it time for a filter change for you who are watching at home? Is it time for those who are in the room, in the balcony, on the main floor? Is it, is it time for a filter change in your thinking? If so, today is a great day for change. You ready for change? Are you ready to get out of that rut of negativity? Guess what? Today is your day. You ready for change? You ready to see the goodness of God in the midst of life circumstances? Today's your day. Are you ready for change? You ready to take thoughts captive and make them obedient to Jesus so that you can walk in and live the life that he's called and created you to experience with him? Guess what? Today is the day. You can't control the circumstances, but you can control the filter that you see those circumstances through. Today I want to talk about a couple of next steps before we're sent out of this place on assignment. 
And I'd love for those who are in the room, if you have your smartphone, grab those. The team's going to put a QR code up. For those who are taking notes on the Life Center app, just click that Next Steps button and you can join with us. For those who are watching online, the team just put a link up. You can join with us as well. Why do we do this every week? Because we want to make sure that what we're learning from Scripture, we're able to put it into practice in our lives. So I'd love for you to take a few seconds and join with me in this. Next step number one is this. It's always our first next step. Maybe today is your day to say yes to Jesus. I think there's a lot of people, they they need to change the filter in how they approach relationship with God. No matter how much we preach the gospel, there's this tendency in all of us to want to try to earn our way to right standing, but, but we can't do it. We can never do enough. That's why God has accomplished for us what we could never accomplish in ourselves through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. Today, if you want a fresh start with God, you want to know that your sin, that place of shame, that, that feeling of separation, it's been dealt with, paid in full through Jesus Christ. If you want to experience that newness of life, make that your first step right there. Say yes to him today. Here's the second next step. This is going to require a little bit of work this week as we partner with the Holy Spirit. The second next step is this. This week you need to work on cleaning out the filter. Some of you, you you felt the the dysfunction in life, much like a a car air filter that hasn't been changed in years and years, and you're wondering why you aren't getting the efficiency that you once did, or or that furnace filter at home. You haven't haven't really seen the progress that, that you want to see, and maybe it's because there needs to be some cleaning of the filter or even some changing of the filter. If that's you, check that box. Check that box. Our team's gonna be praying with you this week. Here's the third next step. And this is for those of us who are maybe newer at Life Center. Every single weekend, we have new friends, new families joining with us, both online and in person. But we don't just want this to be a place where you kind of float in and float out. We want to help you get connected. And so today, if that's your desire, you want to get to know more about Life Center, you want to make this your place, you want to set down some roots here, we want to help you do that. So check that third box, and our team will help you take that step. Today, would you join me in a word of prayer? Jesus, thank you for the resources that you provide to us. I thank you that your weapons are different than our weapons. The weapons that you provide us are powerful. And I pray that we wouldn't lean into just our own natural strength in the area of engaging in the battle of our minds and our thinking, but Lord, that we would lean into the resources that you provide. So God, I pray that today there would be a cleaning out of the filters. For many of us, it's not just a cleaning that we need. We need to swap the filters out. We need a change in the filters. And so this week, God, would you give us grace? Holy Spirit, as we partner with you, would you help us in this journey? Today, maybe you check that first box. Maybe it's your desire to say yes to Jesus. If that's you, I'm going to invite you to say a simple prayer with me. It's It's just a simple declaration of faith. Would you join me in this? Say, Jesus, thank you for loving me. I put my trust in you. Forgive me my sin. Make me a new creation. And help me to follow you every day of my life. It's in your name, Jesus, I pray. Amen, amen. Can we celebrate those who are making that decision today?
So I'm gonna welcome you to stand to your feet all across the room. For those who are watching at home, would you stand to your feet? And as you do, I'm gonna welcome some of our pastors and prayer team to join me down front today. Listen, more than just rushing out to the next thing, if you need somebody to stand with you, to pray with you, our team is here to do that as well online. There's live prayer team members. They want to stand with you and pray with you. Listen, I wanna commission us and send us out of this place on assignment this week. Why? Because even though the gathering's over, church isn't over. Come on, we don't just go to church. We, we are the church. So let's go, let's be the church this week. Have a great one. God bless.